My Better Half explores thriving in middle and late life. Today, host Vanessa Finney speaks with award-winning spa advocate and journalist Mary Bemis about wellness and well-being. Welcome to My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange, a podcast that explores how people are thriving in the second half of their lives. I'm Vanessa Finney, and my guest today is someone who's been called the mother of American spa media, Southern Oregon resident Mary Bemis. Mary is a former preventive food and beauty editor at Woman's Day magazine. She later co-founded the magazine Organic Spa, which became a leading authority in wellness, lifestyle, and travel. She's also the founder and current editorial director of Insider's Guide to Spas. Mary Bemis, welcome. Hello, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking a break from all those deadlines you have as an yes, editor. Yes, it's a, it's a nice break. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, as a spa advocate, you know more than anybody that a lot of people consider spa culture to be about strictly about luxury and pampering, but it was actually the potential health benefits that first made a strong impression on you and your mother's condition improved with certain treatments. So take us back to that time. Well, she instilled Mm. in me a tremendous respect for my body, for one's body, for her body. At 18 months old, she had polio. She was born in 1933. And my grandmother did something very different for the time. And that was to go to the hospital, to the children's ward, where she was for quite some time, massage her legs with warm olive oil, brought in fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, Doctors would stand over her and watch her massage my mother's legs. Part of my mother's therapy was also having hydrotherapy, which was being immersed in water, serious hydrotherapy with hoses and swimming and building up the muscle of the leg. Um, But my mother was very, very fortunate in that she was the only child to walk out of her ward without a brace on her leg. Mm. She really did not suffer the shriveled leg that, you know, she she suffered, but she did not suffer nearly as much as many of the kids in the ward at the time. And when I was very small, starting to walk, I began to imitate her. I walked pigeon-toed. I started to walk with a limp. And she would have none of that. So she put me in modern dance classes. And we I grew up in New York City, between New York and Burlington, Vermont. And hence, I grew up with a real, a keen awareness of my body because my mother walked with a limp. I could do things that she couldn't do, ride bicycles. You know, I was very aware of running, what a joy it was to run, to move. And this was just having been the firstborn, watching my mother go through all this. But so, so that brings me back. And my life's work in spa really has been to keep spa truthful, to keep spa real. And that is keeping spa at the forefront of health and wellness, because what a lot of people don't understand is that it is the basis of health. Spa spa teaches one the basis of health. What are some of the tenets of spa? Well, to me, it sounds almost a little trite, but it isn't trite. We have something called the seven timeless truths of spa the tenants, the fundamentals of spa. And they're what we've been hearing more and more of since COVID, since 2020, when self-care became, I say the word du jour, well, self-care is a new necessity. So what are the sel- what are the seven fundamentals, the timeless truth of spa? They are community, mm-hmm. nature, food, water, movement, quiet, and sleep. Those are the basic tenets. You know, they, do they apply just to spa? People listen and go, oh, come on. These are, we've heard this over and over. Well, these are the fundamentals of spa. These are the categories this is where, where spas can really teach 
spas teach you how to be a better person, how to be a healthier person, how to embrace each of these fundamentals. I'm going a little off target here, but... No, no, it's it's leading to something good. So I'm curious how it shifted from those fundamentals to so many people's perception that it is just pampering. You know, it's a, a icing on the cake rather than being grounded in a in a healthy lifestyle that celebrates our mobility and all that. Spa, sadly, still is, in many people's eyes, seen as frou-frou and pampering and silly and nonsensical and something reserved for ladies who lunch, as we used to say in the old days. This is the farthest thing from the truth. The fundamentals, I was on a board called the Washington Spa Alliance, and back in 2013, we decided to put these fundamentals into, you know, these are the fundamentals, and that was 2013. We've known this all along, but I've been preaching these fundamentals specifically for the past 10 years with this language. COVID helped spa, helped, the, the I think, the perception of spa, wellness, well-being. It opened people's eyes. Even those who, didn't, who don't know anything about spa, well, spa, it truly is, as I said before, it's self-care. But there still is a long way to go with the consumer's perception of what spa is. It's not pampering. Self-care is a new necessity. Spas ultimately teach you how to take responsibility for your physical self, your spiritual self. What else can I say? Well, we can go into that more. You you mentioned the language about how people talk about it. So after many decades of work, you distinguish yourself as a writer and a lecturer in the fields of spa and wellness. And in 2013, you received a dedicated contributor award from the International Spa Association. And at the time, they praised the way you were educating consumers, like you're educating our listeners now, about healthy lifestyle choices. And they made that point that you so-called forced the industry to grow up. So how did you do that with the industry in your work as a journalist and editor and lecturer? You know, keeping spas accountable essentially means spas have a responsibility to every single person that walks in that door. I like to remind spas and spa directors and spa therapists of this. The consumer is putting their trust in you the minute they walk in that door. And you have a responsibility to make that guest feel safe, feel comfortable, feel better in whatever way that is, looking better, feeling better. When they walk out that door, you are going to transform that person in some way, big or small. That's a lot to be accountable for. Right. So I'm sort of the little voice in the back. So what benefits, speaking of that, what benefits could a, say, middle-aged or even elderly man or woman gain from getting spa treatments right now? You know, there's a lot of inhibitions around it because of the perception. You know, if they've never tried it before... How would you sort of lure them in? That's a really great question. There are lots of ways to be lured in. First of all, you have to find out what that particular, help that person narrow down what they may need, but you lure them in through the senses. You lure them in through aromatherapy. You lure them in through sight. What are you looking at? What is the environment like? Touch pebbles in a foot basin of water. Mm. There are lots of ways to lure one in. There are lots of ways. And as you know, they're taking the out. Spas are going outside now. Oh, describe that. So, well, you know, this return to nature and forest bathing and whatnot. And that's a wonderful way to introduce people, taking a, you know, creating a path that leads to a outdoor space that where one does 
you know, whether it's sound therapy, you don't have to take off your clothes. There are many things for those who are inhibited, who have never been, who feel conscious about removing clothing or whatnot. There are lots of ways to work around that. That's interesting because we are, everybody's more familiar with the outdoors as opposed to the enclosed spaces, the private spaces of a spa. Massage in particular offers a hang up for a lot of people because they're not sure about the, the state of dress. Exactly. If you're just joining us, this is My Better Half on Jefferson Public Radio. I'm Vanessa Finney, and I'm talking with Mary Bemis about her long career as a spa advocate and journalist. So, Mary, I'm curious, you mentioned the seven tenets of spa, and you are a fabulous person in your 60s, still going strong Thank you. in your personal and professional life. So how do these manifest in your own life, these seven tenets? Oh, that's a good question, Vanessa. Um, that's my job. I take long baths. I use a lot of Epsom salts. I buy a lot of essential oils. I take a lot of walks. I am lucky enough to live on a beautiful river with a lot of woods and trees, and I do not take that for granted one single day. Um, I've always, thanks to again to my mother, I've always eaten a very good, well-balanced diet. I just, I make sure to also stop and pause. My biggest difficulty is stopping and pausing and quiet. You know, these are things that I personally have to learn. Breath work, all of this. The quiet fundamental is the tough one for me. I can be quiet, but to, to get to the other, another level, a more mindful level, you know, is, is, is interesting. That's more than you asked for, but... Well, no, it, it actually, it's very germane to a lot of people listening. You have a very busy life of deadlines and meetings. You do a lot of traveling, both to cover spas in particular and your lecture dates. It's stressful. So, and I hear you saying that you, even after all this time, um, you know, on the soapbox about spa and these tenants and, and uh, self-care and personal well-being, you yourself have to remind yourself to slow it down. Exactly. So how do you toe that line? What are your little tricks for if you're in the middle of a deadline and you're just not feeling it or you're feeling crushed by a timeline? I get up. I stand up. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Shake it out. Go for a five-minute walk. Walks are wonderful things. Right, and you, the setting that you live in, on the river and in the woods, you're practically, practically forest bathing anytime exactly. you like. So are there any factors, any other factors that you feel are helping you thrive at this age? Never losing interest. I think if we lose interest, you lose, you lose a lot of life. You know, stay curious. You have to stay curious. There's a lovely woman in my industry who just turned 101 years old yesterday. Mm. <laughs> And she is called the godmother of spa, the North American spa movement, 101 years old. And I turned 60 a few years ago, and I called her because she, she always told me that 60s were her favorite decade. So I was always looking forward to my 60s, you know, wow. since I've known her. What is going to be so special about 60? I don't know. I think I still have to find out. But she is a woman who has always stayed curious, always tried something new, always, you know, reinvented herself in one way or another. She started in 1940 a wonderful place called Rancho La Puerta, which is which is in uh, Baja Tecate. It is a beautiful, true. It represents spa in all of in every way imaginable, and she is. A wonderful example, 101, of never losing interest, always remaining curious, always open to something, staying open, open mind, staying open. 
Sure. That, those are words to live by. And are you, so as a pioneer of this industry, where do you see it going or where, do you, where would you like to nudge it toward? That's a really good question. And I wish we had more time because that has that's a lot to do with what I'm working on now. Hmm. I am happy that we are that there has been and is a return to nature, a return to the waters. It, back in 1997, in the you know 2000s. You couldn't pay a spa property enough money to put in a Watsu pool. <laughs> you couldn't pay them to dedicate spaces to water. You know, they, there was no interest in it. So the future, I, I hope and pray that we, uh, there has been a renewed respect for the waters, and I would like to see that. You're seeing more urban bathhouses. You're seeing more hot springs that were you know, abandoned, basically being bought up now. And, you know, there's a return to the waters, thank God. There's a return and a new respect for nature, for outdoors, thank God. At the same time, what we're witnessing, and you're reading it in every other industry, we're witnessing the, I want to say introduction is the wrong word, AI has come into our industry big time. Hmm. My hope in pray is that, we never lose regard for human touch because I, I recently had a massage by a robot, and we'll go into that another time. <laughs> That's our next segment. But uh, <laughs> just the, the future spa, let's remember that you're dealing with humans. We're all human. People are, are fragile. Spas are all about care. I like to say their spas are the island in the storm, and they're, they're oases of calm for people. Do you have any other thoughts on how seniors can live their best and most thriving lives? Embrace your senses. You know, embrace your aliveness. Loneliness is at an all-time high, not just with seniors. I mean, loneliness is at an all-time high. Get out there. Meet new people. Don't be afraid. We are living in hard times, and we forget. You forget the basics. And there's been tons of research done on the corrosive effects on our health of stress. So that human touch, that care, that staying connected to nature are all good counters to that. I'm Vanessa Finney, and this has been My Better Half on Jefferson Public Radio. My guest today was an award-winning pioneer for the spa movement and current editorial director of the Insider's Guide to Spas, Mary Bemis. Thank you, Mary, for spending some time with us today. Thank you, Vanessa. It's fabulous.